2: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
3: Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at blue nile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever.
1: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, uh, the Friday night preview show. I am Stamford Chidge, of course. And as ever, I am joined by the loquacious Jonathan Kidd.
0: Great to be on the show, Chidge. Thanks to... Uh, it, it almost feels like yesterday, I know, it's, mate.
1: So- it's, it's like we're on air all the time. It's 24-7, mate, isn't it? <laughs> bizarre. Uh, bizarre. Uh, it was bizarre. a bit of a late one last night, wasn't it?
0: Just slightly. Uh, and I... I- I then carried on doing some work so and uh, and insisted on watching um, the new episodes of CSI because that's the kind of thing I do and uh, I like CSI, they've got new ones and they're not as good but um, uh, um, and then uh, had a bath, I just, oh gosh, I just got to bed far too late. I know, but we
1: had a lot of fun so it was kind yeah. of worth it, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh we are referring of course to last night's recording which was uh, a special kind of in off the post jobby because uh, we had so many fantastic emails from you in the last couple of weeks um who have we got on the show tonight Oh, is
0: there somebody else on there is oh, i thought it was just you and me again no oh, oh yeah there he is oh it's the uh, it's the loquacious um excellent knowledgeable um uh, trust What's the word? Give me a good word for it. Veteran. What's the word? What's the word? Trust veteran. Yeah, veteran. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I was thinking of something more, more um, um, adulatory, you know. But uh, yeah, 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 Yeah,
3: media, media darling. Maybe. Yeah, media,
0: yeah, media, darling. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's not. Doesn't sum me up with the trust. Anyway, if you're, of course, listening to his dulcet tones, it's Dan Silver.
3: Woo, like to be here. It's White from CSI Enfield.
1: <laughs> oh, lovely it's
3: quite the same with CSA Miami but you know
1: yeah. good stuff Dan as always delightful to see you my friend um, <laughs> right we've got uh, I, I won't say it. it's a packed show it's a compact show I think we've got part one which we're going to have a bit of a roundup of various Chelsea news things that have caught my attention this week I, I, I'm just looking at the running order and I feel that I might be in a bit of a rant mode tonight uh, and then in part two uh, we've got the preview of uh of the West Ham versus Chelsea game, much to talk about there, that's for sure. So uh, strap in and enjoy the ride. Now, um, when I say, I, I mean, there's no particular order for this, but uh, I'll just do it in the in the uh, order what I have written it. Um, I'm going to talk to Dan about this first, if you don't mind, J.K., because he's probably had his finger on the pulse a bit. I mean, you and I were, funny enough, J.K., we were talking, weren't we, last night about how we're 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 basically not avoiding it, but only perfunctorily on Twitter these days because it's so horrible.
0: Well, it's the um, uh, we're going to debate the uh, the Mount Banner, which we talked about last night. And the and the and I remember saying last night, lots of them can't work out what's a banner and what's a display, which um, confuses them. And somebody said there's no, nothing about Dave on there at all. And it had to be pointed out there was already a banner for Dave, which which, in fact, Brian Wolfe said, well, no, Jonathan Kidd part financed it and it's up there. But they meant um a Dave display these are crowd have...
1: surfers that's what they're
0: yes, called indeed indeed well it for the other word is a display for them so so it's been um there's been a strange um row going on about Mount not get Mount shouldn't have had one before Dave and I suppose you can see the logic but I mean it's such a ridiculous thing to to get get pissed off about I just the the the, the conversations on Twitter are just bizarre the the, the things people get fed up about or want to rant about i just you think oh there are other things surely to discuss other than that but part of it is because they've they've set their stall out that mount is awful and um and and that's that uh the fact that people don't think he is and are willing to um put their money where their mouth is and have a a, a large crowd surfer for him offends many people but you know i mean well I
1: many think... many well
0: about three then. Well, I don't know. It seems to be people back up these people who say, you know, the guy I found had 50,000 followers was just could hardly speak English and probably, probably wasn't English and was um, and was just being xenophobic. And you just think, oh, is that the attraction? Is it that he's an English player and that you don't want him to be uh, to play for Chelsea because he's English? I don't know. I failed to see the logic of so I- much of it.
1: I don't think there is any, but I know a man who could find some if there is some, Mister Dan oh. Silver. I mean, I, I've been astonished this week with it all. I mean, I, I I'm not sure if we did this on air or not last night, uh, but uh, I so I know I talked to JK about it at some stage of the evening. Um, but the, some of these Charlies basically uh, having a go at DJ, who let's be honest, uh, did like the blue touch paper with his. Tweet uh, saying it was, you know, the Mount Banner's coming out uh, for the Southampton game because, you know, quite rightly, you know, when a player struggles at Chelsea, it's a good thing to do to get behind them and support them. That's kind of what we're there to do. And, and he, he kind of dropped in that he'd talked to the club about the abuse that uh, Mason gets from Twitter. And they were, you don't talk to the club, you don't know anybody at the club. And I mean, the likes of you, me, and J.K. have known DJ for years. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you how fucking stupid these people are.
3: Yeah. I mean, Twitter is an absolutely disgusting, toxic cesspit of shitter, shitterari. It used to be quite a good place to go, but there's so many people here. You're not a proper Chelsea fan. You're blah, blah, blah. It's, it's crap. It's crap. What, what really guides my gears is they claim to be Chelsea fans, yet they have agendas against football players. You support the club. The club will always be there. They're the one constant. Players will come and go. You know, if Mount goes in the summer, great. Good luck may giving us all the service. But they did the pure hate on particularly Mason Mount. Rich James doesn't seem to get too much, hate. It's funny how people just really honed in on Mace. I just don't understand it. And a lot of these overseas supporters, I, I wouldn't say they're true fans. We know, there's a core of real, proper Chelsea supporters from the UK, from wherever, from the world. They're proper supporters. They get behind the club. They don't go and, you know, take the piss out of players. They don't abuse them. Like that idiot in Australia, Miz, who made his absolute, you know, during the Sari era, just to, to to berate people, to bully people, particularly female supporters. These these we don't want these people to ban our club. It's, it's it's horrible. It's bullying. It's toxic. It's nasty. Yet these are the first players that Mason Mount goes to Australia be the first in the queue for a photo. The are hypocritical bunch of tosspots. Support the club. Support the players. All you want to do. That's the definition of being a fan. Mason Mount is not immune from having poor form, which is suffering at the moment. Any player isn't. Dropper went through it. Terry went through it. Lampard went through it. Kerry Dixon goes through it. You go back to the days of old school, and I'm sure J.K. remembers old school having bad games. They're humans. It's not FIFA. It's not like, you know, oh, let's do double X, double X, we'll beat six players and score a goal. Just get behind the team. Forget this toxic bollocks. I don't care where you live in the world. I don't care if you live a minute from Stanford Bridge or you're out of, out of Mongolia. Get behind the club, support the club, get behind the players. That's the definition of being a fan or a supporter. Don't be a wanker.
1: Yeah, I mean... That somebody, oh God, Marv, dear old Marv, uh, he's not shy of a controversial comment or two, yeah. but I've, I've known, known him a long time. He's been listening to us and following us for a long time. Met him in the pub, had beers with him, in fact, before he, he disappeared off off uh, abroad. But uh, he said something really quite interesting the other week. He said, uh, what, what can we do, what should we do to unify the Chelsea fan base? And I just said to him, get rid of Twitter. Mm. And I mean, it was really that short and pithy and 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 you know he he wasn't quite sure what I meant. I don't think. And so and I didn't really feel I had to explain it. But I did point out that none of this happens on a match day when you go to Stamford Bridge. You know, I mean, okay, we all we all moan about this, that, and the other. We all have players who drive us to distraction. But basically, you know, you don't get any absolutely abusive, toxic hate for for players and people at Stamford Bridge. Um. Because basically most people are there to support the team or have a good day out. And I wonder, actually, JK, you might be able to answer this. Um, do you think there's there's still a legacy? Because, I mean, you know, when I first started going in the 80s, you were going a lot longer than that. But, you know, it was back in the days of, of hooliganism and basically some very intimidating and frightening people. So I wouldn't have dared to say anything that was going to wind anybody up because I didn't want to get hit, and this is by Chelsea supporters, let alone anybody else. I want—is there a legacy of that? Do you think to the match-going crowd, or is that kind of given way a bit, and people don't don't just doesn't even come on their radar these days? That if they say something, if basically say say somebody got up and started really coating Mason Mount off, they might get slapped.
0: I think they get um, they get told to shut up. That's been my experience, particularly away, the, the away matches I've been to. Uh, well, specifically this season, but even last season, if somebody has a go at somebody, um there's there's somebody will say something to them. There's a there's a comeback for being opinionated. But I have to say, if if somebody's playing very badly and they're consistently playing badly, they can get a lot of flack.
1: Yeah, and people, and that's always been the case. And that's
0: always been the case, and people will agree. You know, Mary. Yeah, indeed. Poor old Peter hausman was called Mary for. But then the the annoying thing was that he. he when he did something good, um, I mean, i not even annoying. I remember the one particular guy was an American guy, who really got on his back. Um, but uh, when he did something good, he would go, Hey, Mary did something good. Hey, well, that's great. Oh, no, good old Mary. But there, you felt that they were slightly being, you know, ironic. You felt they were not that Americans do irony very well,
1: but and you that, thought, that, that American was actually a very young Todd Bowley.
0: Hey, wouldn't it have been amazing if that was a... <laughs> no, it? no, we are talking, however. <laughs> Fifty years ago, so it's unlikely. Ah, oh,
3: Dan. Dan's finger is raised. Yeah, I think a lot of Twitter is for likes and clout. I mean, you get these people with the smaller following who want to say something controversial just to be controversial. They don't necessarily have any. Truth. They don't necessarily believe it. Absolutely. No, they say, right. "Oh, yeah, yeah. mount shit," because they they see somebody else say it, and it's it's kind of almost like it's like lemming, isn't it? Falling yeah. off the cliff, mount as shit, mount shit.
1: To be edgy, as the kids yeah. would say. And all these
3: people just. As DJ says, have you ever played professional football? No. Again, I, I just follow like, it. Bring really your like,
1: boots next week. I just find It's, really it's, it's the gullibility of people that I okay. find
0: astonishing on Twitter. It's the fact that some somebody this week um, with a big a big the split design um, transfer gossip. They put Kula Bali leaving at the end of this season, and the the consequence of that post was. Um, not surprised he's he's rubbish uh, is he really oh wow wow everybody believes it and this is what i find i don't get with twitter is that the number of people who will just agree or think something has been revealed to them rather than questioning it ever they don't ever yeah. question they will go along with it till it becomes the truth by the end of the you know the, the thread you just think but where this person it's called gossip for a start so it's made up isn't it so
3: yeah, I th- for me, Twitter's very binary when it comes to rumours. They will sign or they won't sign. There's no there's no middle ground. They will or they won't. So, you know, a stock clock's right twice a day. And what cl- classic Twitter, one supposed in-the-know account said, oh, a Bambiang to LA, done, done deal, be announced later Fabrizio, whatever his name is, goes, oh, during talks, not done deal. It's like, wait, what? what the fuck? What's and then, going
0: then, on? then also at the presser today, um, he was asked the same question. Yeah. Potter, and he said, well, not as far as I know. He's training with us, and he's a good, a good professional. But he uttered those terrible words while he's here. Dun, yeah, dun, dun. yeah, which I felt was really unfair. Just, really it's just
3: unfair. A messy, horrible place. People want to be big and clever. A lot of them hide behind avatars of Buddy Ronaldo, stuff like that. You wonder who they're going to support next year. It's well, just
1: it's it's, a horrible place to be. It, I think. Look, you know, here's here's a bit of Uncle Chidge advice. Take a bit of advice from your friendly Chelsea psychotherapist. Um, there it's a well, it is. Well, I don't know if it's well known, but it is a fact that part of the design of social media is to get people frothing at the mouth, it's to make people angry. Because when you're when you've got people angry, uh, the powers that be, uh, whoever they may be, can control you, uh, and they can misguide you, misdirect you. Um, so it's it is. I mean, you know, this has been seen in the political world, of course, you know, but uh, engendering hate and an aggressive and angry action has has been certainly used to uh, to uh, kind of manipulate politics. And I don't, and I think sport is no different because, of course, it's already very controversial. So my advice to you all, dear children, is to look, but don't touch. I mean, basically, don't get engaged because, I mean, I, I and I and I feel your pain because I look at it and i come away wanting to punch the fuck out of most of the people who are saying these things and then i realize aha that's what that's what they want me to do so look at it but don't get engaged in it i mean i very 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 rarely react to it dj reacts to it a lot of people i know and love react to it and and it doesn't get you anywhere it just gets you wrapped up in this vortex of hatred and it's bloody stupid so don't 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 do it jk
0: Let you said that though i i um I sent Keith Hackett, the you referee. You did, I
1: saw. You see it? I did.
0: Uh, and I got a positive response to my suggesting that um, uh, referees paid no attention yeah. to the, the people running the line and the linesman deferred and he agreed and said mm. they need to get teams of them together because they don't work as a team. He said Howard Webb himself used to work with two linesmen all the time. So finally, my my somewhat radical thoughts are being echoed by a, a, an official with some clout so let's see how far this goes
3: the other referee mark hallsey is very good at if you engaging people i had a chat with him a couple of years back about something he was he was very nice and very engaging so no, but he's he, he's a...
0: he i i went a bit far with him and then i asked him why um which i've noticed a lot recently why referees will not consult um any camera for when the ball has been tipped round the post by the goalie and they give a goal kick. And his reaction to that was, well, it's an on-field decision. And I said, no, 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 this is rubbish. It's you are, you are, um, you're thwarting the, the actual way the game is being as, as, as the, the events taking place by admitting the referee has made a mistake but not going with it, but, but, but sorry, but not overruling him yeah. as you should, because we've all seen at home, the goalkeeper palmed it around the post. And his response again was it's an on-field decision. So uh, we, we, it led nowhere. He would not allow me my point that if the camera is there, that should be the, there should be a word in the ear of the referee. And I think that at the moment, this is one of the major things they have a the problem they have with it. So
3: the thing is that that comes to a point where it almost becomes like American football, where they're stopping every every minute for decisions. Where
0: That wouldn't be stopping every minute. In the referee's ear, it's a corner. You
3: yeah, just then you start goes whilst, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. But then he goes, well, if it clips off his heel, throw it goes right away. No, throw it the other way. It comes to a point where, where, where do you stop?
1: Right. In, anyway. In, uh, I, yeah. No more refereeing tonight. Um, just to finally kind of draw a line under this... Um, I don't know for both of you, really, but Dan, Dan first. I mean, there is a concern. Um, I mean, I, I have to say, I think even on my time on Twitter, I think the abuse of Mason Mount is unprecedented. Um, I mean, he is on Twitter. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, if I was if I was the club, I would be saying to Mace, I'd say, pay somebody to deal with your Twitter account. Don't even look at it. You know, it's a bit like they did in the old days. Don't read the papers, whether it's good or bad. Don't read it. You know, so don't don't engage with it. Don't read it because it's fucking nonsense and it's full of insecure juvenile twats trying to dig you out. I mean, that's what I would say. But I mean, who knows? He's a young guy and they come from this world, don't they? I, I mean, I wonder if he does read it and if he does, if, he's, if he is affected by it. Because, you know, I've been abused on Twitter by Scousers and I'm a old git and very level-headed and can rise above it. But I was pissed off and upset. So it's conceivable that he might might be affected by it. Uh, but The thing is,
3: I don't know all the mentions he gets. We actually have time to do it because if he's getting thousands of mentions, is he going to look at it? I mean, I'm sure these people pay people to their social media. They, um, they? Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, listen. I don't know how thick skinned he is. Whether he's got you know he doesn't. I mean, listen. You get abuse, you, you you brush it off. I mean, or you ignore it. I mean, he's just, he's a he's a smart professional athlete. He's thick skinned, determined. Cause he has to be to get the top of the game. Well how
1: much she does read it? I mean Somebody I mean, I guess... said somebody said something brilliant actually, which I liked on Twitter. I can't for the life of me remember who it was, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I've forgotten who you are. But they basically said, um, along the lines of funny how all these people who abuse Mason Mount, you know, is wasting every minute of the day doing it for a, to a guy who no, who doesn't even and never will know who they are.
3: Yeah. Or, or alone any... care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know how much players actually read this stuff. I mean, I know people have said, Oh, Mason Mount's blocked me. But, who knows? I mean, listen, he's listen—he's smart enough to know he's 23 years old, he's played over 200 career games, he's won the Champions League, he's won the World Club Cup, he's played professional football for the greatest football teams in the world, he's earning a fortune, he's living the dream.
0: Yeah. Do you
3: think he really cares what, you know, Joe66444 from East of wherever thinks about him? Probably not, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, quite right. Um, JK, have you got anything to add to that? I think Dan did it brilliantly yeah, there, right? I think Dan is
0: absolutely correct. But I... Um, I suspect that um, he he doesn't... I think he must employ somebody. Surely yeah. you make that money. Some, he employs somebody to deal with it and they probably take the best out of it or say, you've come in for a bit of stick. But he, he appreciates that. I don't think he's going to be poring over what people are saying about him at all. I think he needs to... And he's aware at the moment that he's not got his best. He's not at his best. He's not playing... Well,
1: uh, that's a good point. We, we don't need to tell these players that they're playing like they're shit aware. because they'll fucking know. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: The funniest thing was one of the so-called big accounts was <laughs> got, got Tony Mount on his show. Not oh, Gold. Yeah. it was. I think it, might, it actually might be Miz Actually, he got Tony Mount on his show, and this was the last month, last month. Absolutely coating Mount off and just basing you know all, all our English fans as xenophobic racists. Mm. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, I mean, that's just that. I mean, the the whole xenophobia and the racism around it is quite insane. And I mean, basically, I tell you, I mean, as a a therapist, I can tell you that all of these people from overseas who are throwing this anti-English stuff out there, it's basically insecurity. It's because they know deep down that they are not part of it. And the only way they can deal with their insecurity about that and their sadness about that is to accuse us of being racist. So it's absolutely pathetic. Uh, Listen. what? Very
0: quick, one last thing. On the In the presser today, um, Potter was asked a question yeah. about Cuccarello. Did you see that about being...
1: Bowley, uh, Bowley liking a tweet saying... Yeah.
0: An abuse, uh, um, some abuse on uh, Cuccarello wasn't good enough. And he like, well, that makes me think that the Bowley account is being run by... Uh,
1: well, um, of course it is.
0: Somebody who isn't even Bowley.
1: But isn't, I mean, here we go. That's a really interesting point because either the journalist is a thick idiot Actually yeah. believing like half the fuck what's yeah, on Twitter person. do yeah, that he's actually Bowley, or he's just trying to cause trouble.
0: I think he was trying to cause trouble yeah, because in fact, in fact, the presser, which we'll get on to, was uh, an unbelievable squirm fest because Potter was really put on the spot by nearly every journalist other than Adam Newsom, who was right um, asked the last question, and somebody who asked about injuries. But it was um, he was asked. Uh, The kind of question that uh, Tuchel dealt with, you know, I'm uh, sorry to refer it back with ease, but Graham Potter is not the same man, Uh, and um, and and I felt the journalists were doing it deliberately. I have to say, of course
1: they are, mate. Of course they are.
0: Let's try and make Graham Potter look uncomfortable, and it. It was not nice viewing. I have to well, say. Well,
1: they're shits, mate. That's why we know this. Uh, all right, listen. We need to talk about something far more important than than Twitter ever is. I mean, I want one, one final, final, final word on Twitter is that you know there are still good bits of it. We know lots of really good people that we've met on Twitter that have become great friends, and we still you still can communicate with these people. You just have to ignore the the shit that that comes with it. Anyway. Um yeah Dan uh I'm sure you noticed this the uh, European Super League has raised its ugly head again um the aa 22 uh group or the A22 group who are kind of the organizers of the the the, the first incarnation have been back they've got a 10 point plan outlining how it's going to be saying all the right things of course um this is not going to fucking go away like we said at the time I mean all those people thought we'd won a mighty victory you know this is they're like they are a cockroach they are not going to die uh and you, so right. the, we need to be on our guard i'm going to read you out these two uh, important uh, ben jacobs did a lovely summary of it all on twitter bless him well done ben um a a22 recently won their appeal in madrid's high court i i, I, I shall i just tell you what what it says very quickly i will yeah, Bro- broad based meritocratic competitions uh, so basically, they're ruling out a closed shop. Domestic tournaments, the foundation of football, which is what we've always said is, is the most important thing. Improve competitiveness with stable and sustainable resources. Player health must be at the care at the centre of the game. Club can't run competitions with transparent, well-enforced financial sustainability. The world's best football competition. Improved fan experience. Developer finance women's football. Significant increase in solidarity. Respect for European Union law and values. So they're basically saying, oh, what are they not like? We better tell them that that's what we're going to do. Like we fucking believe them. Uh, Anyway, A22 recently won their appeal in Madrid's High Court to restore an injunction protecting clubs or players involved in a European Super League from being sanctioned, which, of course, as we know, is what happened, which kind of stopped it, or was the aftermath of what stopped it. We stopped it. But the key case comes this spring at the European Court of Justice ruling is expected by April on whether uh, FIFA and UEFA are in breach of competition law due to what A22, a co-claimant on the case, call a monopoly over European club competition. December's non-binding recommendation went in FIFA and UEFA's favour, which is good, because usually in law, they tend to not go against uh, an original recommendation. But Ben summarises it very aptly, actually, and I think maybe this is what's at the heart of it. In essence, A22 argue four of Europe's five major leagues aren't sustainable, with the Premier League able to out-earn outspend and outpay them all even a non-big six club like bournemouth had a higher net spend in january than la liga syria a bundesliga or league one and my friends i think this is getting to the uh, root of it and i think um rob prattley said as much uh, in a lovely tweet the other day i mean he said basically um nobody complained when Serie A was the richest league in the world and hiring all the best players paying them a fortune in the 90s Go! that's all nobody complained when uh madrid and barcelona were, were carving it up between them and paying ridiculous amounts of money you know so this has got a real anti-premier league flavor to it much like the original ffp plan which was aimed at chelsea of course um talk about the twitter fuckwits being xenophobic it's this seems a bit of a you know a bit of a uh you know this is aimed at us it's aimed at our, our clubs you know not just chelsea but the others as well
3: yeah i mean it, it Premier League is is the biggest, best league in the world. And that's why they're, they're very, very jealous. Um, they say it's an unfair European competition. Well, it's it's open to all European member states can join UEFA. It's, it's a load of bollocks, you know. It just, you know, if it was, as you say, if it was La Liga, they wouldn't care. They'd be, they'd be knocking it down in a heartbeat, wouldn't they? As as would any, any other, if, if the Bundesliga was the best league in the world, they'd be like, no, not interested. That's what it boils down to. The thing is, European Super League needs Bayern Munich. Needs Dortmund, but the German ownership model—we're never going to have German teams in there. So it's not straight away. It's not European Super League. And interesting, Bowley said no European Super League. Let's see if he's going to stick to it if it comes up again. I just think it's going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming, and they'll weave out the Champions League and make it bigger and better and more. You know, maybe they start doing weekend games in Champions League. I think it's going to come to a, a, another reincarnation after the Swiss version comes into next year. The Swiss version comes into fruition. It's going to keep coming, coming, coming. Either the Premier League falls flat its face or the other clubs get better TV deals and better income. That's what it boils down to. They're just really jealous. All the best players are coming here. This is the best league in the world. Don't care what you say. French League, Farmers League, one team in it. German League, OK, it's a bit more competitive. Spanish only, league, only a bit. Only a bit. Spanish League, OK, it's got a bit more about it. You know, the Madrid teams, Barca, Seville. But not still not pretty- as competitive as
1: the Premier League.
3: No, the Premier League, as you see, any team keep anybody. That's why it's the best league in the world.
1: Yeah, Serie yeah. A's gone right down the toilet, judging Syria by how we been. absolutely cuffed AC Milan.
3: Well, Serie has had no serious investment for, for years and years. Juventus have been, you know, just docked 15 points, you know, into Milan. It's just, it's a mess. But the Premier League were very savvy. It's t- it took them 20 years to build up this product to get to where we are now. It wasn't an overnight success, you know, it was all... Still, pretty much. You know, also, sort
0: of, also, with the help of Sky as well. Sky, oh, was, yeah,
3: Sky. Sky, you know, you know Murdoch. Really, Murdoch originally was behind them. it because yeah. he saw all
0: the profit <laughs> that make round the world. But also, do you think they might set it up without the Premier League and without Germany? Do you think they might attempt no. to do that? They wouldn't. No, but
3: the, the, the best, the best teams, and the best players. A few exceptions are over here now.
1: They won't sell it, J.K., because ultimately this yeah. is all about yeah. money, and the yeah. money is generated by TV yeah. rights. That's, yeah, what yeah. They're, that's what they're after. And of course, you, as you know, the reason why the Premier League, A, became so financially lucrative were the TV rights deals. They were the best in the world, the most yes. lucrative in the world. Also, they and, were selling them
0: everywhere as well. Yeah,
1: exactly was that. All though. over India as well. Yeah. You know, the
0: whole of the world was seeing them. That's exactly why that. they, they were the, the most, money they up, most lucrative and most successful. Yeah. They
1: were exactly that. But the other reason was that because they were so lucrative, that's what attracted the big you know, uh, owners in because they that because they're in it for the money, guys. Don't don't ever be deluded by that. Yeah. So y- you know, this is really why this European Super League's here because because they want a slice of our pie and they can fuck off. I tell you what, Dan, I'll, I'll let you in a sec. the, the other thing that, that that caught my eye in uh, Ben's rather long tweet, but uh, the principles are to promise to target young audiences and champion new and digital-led formats as well as enhancing fan engagement and subsidized travel to away games has been discussed to help lower the cost burden on visiting fans now the reason i bring this in is that that's, that's what that prick from juventus was going on about wasn't he an infinitum during the whole original european super league uh you know launch um but interestingly i think that this is what boley is ultimately interested in as well they're quite savvy these yanks and this is how they're going to make their billion a year by targeting new, younger audiences who consume football in a very different and digital way. So I'm curious about that. So, I mean, I know that they've all said they're not going to touch this with a barge pole, but, you know, never say never in this game. Sorry, Dan. Go on. Yeah, I was
3: going to say, one if it might come down to point like, you know, each club then has individual TV rights as opposed to big, a big TV deal where, you know, Chelsea can have their own TV rights, etc., etc. Because the problem is... The- <clears throat> You just reinvent the European Super League as a as a glorified Champions League. That's what it is, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And Okay, it's not a closed shot, that's fine, but it's still, it's a Champions League, which is great. Champions League is going to be, you know... And I still think you, you put English teams into European Super League, English teams will still dominate because they'll have the best players. They it will. will. It's well, not going to work, because I, I don't know how much, you know, the Spanish clubs, you know, like your Gironas your, or whatever, do they want that Super League? I'm sure it's not no no i don't know we'll say if it reaches the head we'll, we'll we'll get on we
1: it. We'll well, I can tell you that the football supporters association and also by by definition the football Supporters europe who are kind of the umbrella well the the organisation with who i mean you know we have an fsa which is english but we're all yeah. affiliated with the european version if you like and they're very very good people um but this is uh, their statement on it the walking corpse that is the european super league Twitches again with all the self-awareness one associates with a zombie. Their newest idea is to have an open competition rather than the closed shop they originally proposed that led to huge fan protests. Of course, an open competition for Europe's top clubs already exists. It's called the Champions League. They say dialogue with fans and independent fan groups is essential. Yet the European Zombie League marches on, willfully ignorant to the contempt supporters across the continent have for it. And that's absolutely true. Nobody wants this. Um, and uh, just to remind you of, of the FSA and the FSE stance on this, um, you know this is what they stand for in relation to Europe, European Super League: promotion and relegation based on sporting performance from the bottom of the pyramid to qualification for Europe. No to closed leagues or franchise football. Qualifying results not through history or heritage. And of course, that was alluded to in uh, Reichart's statement. Uh, there are a lot of clubs with history and heritage who are who are losing money. So basically what they're saying is no matter how shit and badly run we are, we still deserve to earn loads of money because we've got a big name in European football. Um, You know, like Liverpool not winning anything for 30 years. Oh, that doesn't matter. You can be in this nice European chaps league and still earn loads of money. Fuck off. Um, Anyway, uh, weekends are for domestic leagues. Protect fan culture, home and away. No live broadcasts on Saturdays at 3pm. We want competitive leagues. No to even more concentration of wealth and ongoing domination by a few... Uh, fixed, fixed few top clubs. Domestic football comes first. Protect the pyramid and cup competitions. Share the wealth. The money from elite football should be shared across the whole game. So there we go. The uh, FSA and FSE are on the case. The trust, no doubt, Dan. Uh, are we coming up with a response?
3: Uh, I think it's being discussed. At the moment, it's still being suggested, but I don't think it's, it's, it's a lot of hot air at the moment, a lot of words. But if it becomes like it did last time, when we actually think it's going to gather legs from there, then we'll, we'll get a plan into action. But I again it's just it's it's not no one's getting mileage for it they don't the, the idiots in the ivory tower do not see the fact that actual supporters do not want this okay put on your digital platforms for those supporters that want to watch it on twitter or tiktok or big bocker of the people watch it on now and let match game fans go and enjoy their domestic domestic leagues into with european football midweek which is what football's always been about since european football came in mm-hmm. don't it's not broken. Don't try and fix
1: it. Well, indeed, and certainly yeah. not just because you're greedy bastards or you run your clubs really badly. Um, it's a good segue here, actually, because talking of European competition, Chelsea are uh, still in Europe, amazingly enough. We've got Brian. Uh, we've got uh, Borussia Dortmund next week, um, and uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got got them back here, at, you know, in Chelsea, and the tickets have been on sale, and there's been a bit of a hoo-ha that I've been aware of today with a lot of people who are who are members, you know, Chelsea members, completely unable to get tickets. The game, as far as I recall, was not on loyalty points. And, uh, I mean, somebody copies us into a tweet saying that, you know, they waited in the virtual waiting room for hours and hours and hours, finally got through to only find that the tickets that were available were £240 tickets in the West Upper. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about this for quite a while because I know that the club have been pushing people to buy memberships because you have to pay about what, thirty-five quid, Dan? About that, isn't it? Yeah, still yeah. about sorry. You have to pay to be a Chelsea member and they they sell it on the basis that you get premier or or, or, or privileged access to tickets. Or so in other words, they sell it on the basis that you get a chance to get a ticket. But I think we've got about a hundred and twenty thousand members scrabbling around for about five to ten thousand seats. You do the maths. You ain't got much of a chance of getting a ticket. So I think that actually that's the breaching the Trades Descriptions Act or whatever it, the, the applicable act is. I think it's a con. I do. I think it's a con, Dan. Yeah. It was a double
3: edged sword. If you don't get the membership, you don't get a chance to getting a ticket. That's you a problem. You don't get
1: a chance to get a ticket if you are a member. Yeah.
3: It's cash 22, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, certain, listen, when Chelsea is successful, it's never going to be a perfect solution. So whether they. Say right, okay. You've had your ticket. You can't go for the next five matches. They go into ballots. No one's ever going to be happy with the situation. Everyone wants to come to football. You know, five thousand tickets, hundred thousand members. You say, does doesn't work? Just does not work. And then to have a hundred and two hundred quid for corporates. That Westfield is one of the worst ideas ever. That should just stayed as normal ticket prices, or at least for Champions League or domestic cup competitions, because it's just ridiculous.
0: What exactly have <laughs> they done, Dan? Sorry. What exactly have they done in the well,
3: making westview make it a bit bit more club chelsea like with some nicer seating areas and nicer um concessions and stuff and charging ridiculously money for it but you know maybe just do westview for home matches but for the domestic cup matches european matches just revert back to 50 60 quid that people can afford it so you factor in 120 quid for ticket if you've got coming from out of london you've got another 50 60 70 80 quid on petrol or trains, it just becomes important. If you do get a ticket, it's a really expensive day out.
1: Yeah, well, the, the tickets have gone up too. I mean, they, that's yeah. the most I've paid for a, this round of a Champions League for a long time.
3: Sixty-one quid, I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. We knew it. We it, knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Yeah, the, I say the problem is, you've got way, way, way too many supporters who want to go and can't get a ticket, and they're understandably miffed that
1: yeah.
3: you know they can't get a ticket unless they trade off the membership against a ticket or something, where you get you know. You don't, if you don't get a ticket, you get refunded in the, the season or you get a chance to keep it on. At least it's something like that. Because you say 100,000 people, you know, and it's different, it's different people complaining. It's not just the same person. It's different people every time who don't get a ticket. So it's not like it's a consistent, you know, it's it's Fred every week because he hasn't got a ticket. I mean,
1: you know, I, I agree with you, and this is an issue that we've had on the Trust for years and years and years and years. There is no fair system. Some people some people are always going to lose out. If you do loyalty points, you basically, you know, get the same people going all the time, and a whole raft of people are shut out. If you do it via ballot, people won't be happy with that. Um, and and then you get to the the, the lottery of the the v you know virtual waiting room, right? And people are still pissed off. I think my 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 gripe really is the misrepresentation of Chelsea membership, because the inference is is that if you pay to have a membership, you will get access to tickets. When you've actually got something like a one in 20 chance, which is not enough in my book. And I think that that's a misrepresentation, JK. I mean, I know we're all right. We've all got season tickets, so we're sitting pretty. But I think we can have a bit of empathy with our fellow supporters, JK. Have
0: they ever got this right, though, in- Well, it's
1: impossible to ever get it right.
0: Yeah. I think mean, this is the problem, isn't it? I don't know how you, how you you how you make this work, essentially, there's every single time there appears to be a problem. I think it's driven by wanting to get people to buy the most expensive seats. This is the trouble. And this is why it wouldn't surprise me if they've got rid of as many seats as possible to, in order to get want people to gain access to the £240 seats. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's as always, it's a business. And as always they're trying to get m- most people to 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 buy the most expensive seats i know for a fact that they're suffering from uh the most expensive seats not being sold and um people just going and buying um seats that they can that are cheaper if possible um so that they don't have to they won't therefore buy their own seat in uh in hospitality or in corporate because it's 275 pounds so um that's all or they're just not attending they're watching on the boat. I think it's ma- mostly that they're not attending so this the drive to get people to buy these expensive seats is what this is about so it wouldn't surprise me if it's being done deliberately to push people towards these um the to the empty seats in corporate the thing is not a lot of
3: people can afford that sort of money indeed absolutely i agree but
0: that's they hope that they will i mean i i still get notes from people saying as if somehow i've got access to to cheaper tickets or even just tickets somebody sends me an email i want to seek for wednesday any chance you could help me jonathan i said well find out if there's a um wednesday week i should say find out if there's um anything in corporate because everything else will have been snapped up
3: so if you, if, you, if you buy four westview tickets that's that's a credit of a season ticket Before, oh absolutely
0: absolutely agree but
3: yeah the, you know, only, the other issue is if we had a bigger stadium say we were at sixty thousand, still the same product because we still have more members than tickets available even, even if we had ten thousand tickets on a matchday basis it's still only a one in 10 chance you're going to get a ticket with today's numbers so it's, it's impossible and do you do you limit membership then you know, do they limit membership at twenty five thousand, and then it becomes a closed shop again? It's 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 an absolutely impossible situation unless you've got a ninety yeah. thousand seater stadium. Yeah. You'll never get satisfied with one.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, I I wonder if I mean we're not going to solve this one in a in a you know a show that lasts an hour or so, but I just wonder that if 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 the demand is like it is, there there are there are a finite number of membership tickets available. So, maybe what it would be a good idea to do is you know you know what the good the big games that everybody wants to go to, and you know what the games that a lot of people are going to long off so maybe what you do for the really really big games is you have you have them done on loyalty points i mean it's not too dissimilar to what's kind of happened in the past but for the for the non the not big games to give people a chance to actually go to a game, you have it on a balloted basis because at least that's reasonably fair. I mean you could Graham would argue with me, well that's kinda of what happens anyway with the virtual waiting room. It's a lottery, so you know. But I don't know. Enough because we're never gonna solve it. And nine JK is champing at the bits. I mean, his bit is champing. That's all I'm gonna say. Because he I know, like a good schoolboy, he watched the the Potter Presser today, so he could talk about it on the show. Whereas I ignored it to go swimming. Uh, at lunchtime instead much better for me than watching something like a pot presser anyway can i give you the highlights that i did pick up jk which is really about the uh the who's available but i gather that james chilwell loftus cheek are back uh ready to start sterling is also back but he picked up a knock so there's a doubt for far no, he's not back he's not back. no exactly sterling. yeah
0: sterling sterling picked up a knee injury yeah. in training
1: he broke a broke a toenail or something anyway fafana kovacic and Zachary are back in training this week Felix is available after his suspension, and Mendy's expected to be out for another six weeks.
0: The Mendy situation is surprising, isn't it? Because I thought he had a minor injury, and he just broken his finger, or so. well, I think he had a finger injury. Um, uh, it means that Kepa, who's doing competently, um, will continue. I'm not convinced that he will be the goalkeeper next year, though. But let us see. Um, uh, I'm not convinced Kovacic will be with us next year, but let us see. Um. Uh, No mention of Kante. I was intrigued that despite him, pictures of him training with the first team. So I'm um, and even Potter didn't mention it. Um, It was a very strange press conference because he was asked at the beginning a series of questions by um, somebody whose name escaped me. But it was very persistent about the idea being, was he? um worried by the uh sanctions being applied wrong word but being applied against man city um uh about um financial irregularities and he didn't want to answer it didn't feel that he could answer it and squirmed and wriggled and the journalist just persisted um and when and also um uh he, he just said um I don't I don't have too many thoughts about it, we just focus on ourselves, which is kind of typical of what the kind of thing you would expect. But um, I think as I said earlier, not what you'd expect. Um, uh, Tuchel would have would have somehow made it into a an interesting an interesting uh, political discussion um, and Guardiola, which I looked at their press conference was. Because he was asked very similar questions was aggressive um articulate um uh blamed the media uh said you've already you've already found fault with us and we are judged and then started becoming slightly incomprehensible he got so all I get... a bit
1: he got a bit of habeas corpus didn't he?
0: he he did he did he did indeed uh but it was just interesting to see the two approaches and bless his cotton socks um Potter Potter didn't want to talk about it. And Why I you know do you
1: blame him. I mean, it's not, our I'm, problem, not it? say, I'm saying
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. It was just talk the, to per- city. The persistence of the um, uh, and also that, you know, uh, as we've established, I really don't think that that uh, Bowley and his accountants will have made any errors over this at all. I mean, they are, you know, huge hedge funds and huge yeah. investors. This is it's so unlikely that they've done anything Um Uh, Untoward. It's just ridiculous. But he also had the um. He he uttered the terrible phrase. Potter asked about Cucurella, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, the the tweet liked by Todd Bowley. I don't know how social media works. (laughs) Said, which once again was, you know, come on, mate. Um, um, and he was asked a question about whether you know players enjoying their football who was and he said if a player's enjoying his football the chances are he's playing well he'll say he said but um and i said the alba situation he said uh, nothing to report um while he's here he said rather. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> which was ridiculous um 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 raheem kicked back with a new injury cover's injured um felix he mentioned he said he had 60 minutes is all we've had well he had 53 actually um um who else asked him um um um, um tried to get oh yes he said what with the he said the, the wave form hasn't been good since October he was asked and he then said well um we've, we've got to try to get the three points which once again I wanted to uh um suggest that that was slightly cliched um um and the other thing was. Um, at the end of the day, we're helping them to improve and I'm really looking forward to it. No, no, you've been in the manager job for some time now, um, uh, asked about the Super League, didn't like it.
1: He was actually like... very strident on that, I thought. Which very was good. Yeah. He
0: said, yeah, which was good. He said, my position mm-hmm. is my position. And um, um, once again, he tried to apologise for uh, the process of the Uh, of a local derby, of a a London derby, and saying how difficult it would be. Um, And um, I just wish he wouldn't do that. But that's just my view. Um, And uh, Adam asked him a question um, uh, uh, about developing a team that ultimately wins. And his response was, we've got to try to keep improving, which is his default. And uh, I felt that he was um, uh, doing his best. But it was under the cosh immensely. Well, I
1: I heard what you said earlier on, and I think you're right that they're going from a bit at the moment because he's a, they are well because yeah. they they are a pack of dogs and they they're seeing you know dogs smell fear and weakness and they are and they're they're having a go at him you know but uh, I I think he'll be all right you know he's he's you know he he won't ever answer any questions like a lot of other people whether he does that you know um, kind of stylishly or not is 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 moot but. I, he won't give him anything, and I, I i think he's I think he's smart enough not to get riled by those idiots. Anyway, Dan, you've been very patient there, mate.
3: Yeah, I just going to bring a point about JK about the the, the um the fine tooth comb and finance that Chelsea have gone through before the takeover. Yeah. So I've got no worries about anything at all. City, well, listen, we'll see what happens with them. I mean, it's 101 charges, whatever. We'll see what happens. You know, whether. But I'm it, just, it, I'm not worried. The, but the, I say the, these 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 boys are far too smart. They found a loophole in the contracts, eight-year contracts, and now that's been snapped up by UEFA from next summer. So these boys are smart, yeah, they're smart, smart. Yeah. But it, no, no it, it's about the that.
0: desire of the media to find other people at fault, so they can just they can right. apply the same um, criteria to them, the same criticism of. Yeah. I mean, they, they're trying to to fold them into the whole thing. They're all crooks, and they're all doing this yeah. to achieve uh, to achieve an advantage that other. Teams haven't got. There's a kind of ridiculous moral stance being taken here. Bullshit. And they yeah. want and Chelsea, they want Chelsea to have broken the rules because then they can they can dab them with the same brush. It's
3: yeah. it's awful. And the bloody idiots as um Jay Bothwood and Sue Smith oh, on, oh. On, on when this I mean, oh my god, they could have you know, it's like Vanilli. They were just so dreadful on that Monday or Tuesday when everything came out. I mean, why on earth? The Sky Pundit's gone down so badly. I mean, well, well, what about Chelsea? I mean, God, dear. It was, it was painful. Well, I mean,
1: you know, we've we we we've worked on Love Sport, so yeah. we should have had a window onto that. You know, you seldom get anybody with half a brain talking about anything where you need somebody with half a brain talking about. If you want to yeah. know about FFP and finances, you talk to Kevin Maguire. Oh, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Not Matt Scott, because he's a fucking rabid Arsenal fan. You talk to Kevin Maguire, period. Right. Yeah. Sadly, we haven't. We can't talk to Kevin McGuire because he's not on the show. I'd love to actually get him on the show one one week because he is brilliant. But I've got great news. I've got breaking news. Yes, I have breaking news. The Chelsea Fancast and the Troubadour present an afternoon with. Can you guess who it is yet? Oh, oh, oh! Can I guess? Yeah. No because uh, you've seen the bloody script so you'll oh, cheat Oh, you found me out i oh. have paul canners cannerville we've got canners as our next guest on the on our live troubadour gigs i cannot wait um 5th of march is the date which is a sunday um tickets are 20 pounds as always available at www.ticketweb.uk uh, the troubadour club is in old brompton road 265 to 67 old brompton road so towards Earl's Court, for if you're coming from the ground. Now, the doors uh, will open at half past two, uh, and then we'll probably kick off about three, uh, and we'll kick off with a look back at the Leeds game, which is happening the day before on the Saturday. And then, as always, we'll have a good old live Q&A with uh, the legend that is Paul Cannaville, one of our favourite people. He's been on this show more than anybody else, who you know more than any other ex-player. And he's a sweetheart. And then some, I mean, you know, the the topics we can talk about Paul with are endless. Um, but obviously, he, he'll be happy to talk about anything about Chelsea Football Club now. He'll be happy to talk about uh, the 83-84 season on the back of the book that's just come out, which I'm sure some of you have got to come along and sing the songbook. I'm sure he'd love to talk about his experience of playing with Chelsea around that era. I'm sure he'd be delighted to talk about his life, which was the most incredible life uh, he's had since then. All of which is in this fantastic book called *Black and Blue*, which, if you haven't read his uh, his biography, then I uh, it's it's one of the most remarkable reads or remarkable books I have ever read. It really is. And and Paul is a great friend of ours. And J.K., how much are you looking uh, looking forward to this?
0: Oh, um immensely. I, it, it, can I say the joy of of sitting next to him having talk about scoring goals was something that i'll never i'll never forget the you're sort of with him as uh as he volleys the ball in at fulham you just uh, there's a, a joy and uh um and a surprise as well on occasions when he just sort of had a bash and he f- ended up in the back of the net and i love the way he he um uh, communicates that he's he's um he's a very dear friendly um Joyous chap, despite the, any trials and tribulations he's experienced, um, which of course have been awful. Being the first black Chelsea player, but he—he's uh, a real personality, and um, it's really worth coming to this. He's—he's—he's he's, he's top man. He really is,
1: great. He's a, he's a much beloved friend of ours. Dan, are you looking forward to it? You've been—you've been Mickey Microphone at every event so far. I
3: know. Quite wait. It's, just, it's King Cannons. I mean, you know, it brilliant. It was such a great every time we. Spoke to him, or spent time in his company, he's just such a warm,
1: lovely man. Yeah, he's lovely. He's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. I, I am, I am really, really looking forward to it. Um, I hope you lot out there are too. Um, obviously, I'll be. This is the first time I've announced it, so I'll be promoing it on all of our usual platforms. But do hurry up and get tickets because they might well sell out. Um, and of course, the other beautiful thing is um, for those of you planning to go to the Chelsea ladies game uh later that day you should still be able to do it because that i believe kicks off at quarter to seven and we should be wrapped up by about five half five so you should be able to get away in good time to go to the women's match have a few beers at the troubadour get down to uh you know the uh king's meadow stadium and have, make a real chelsea day of it so there you go uh, the things i do for you lovely people so there we go afternoon with paul cannaval chelsea fan at the troubadour club March the 5th, Sunday, March the 5th, tickets 20 quid, ticketweb.uk is the, is the web address. I'll, I'll put it on our platforms. Doors open half two, kickoff at three, should be wrapped up by half five, I reckon. Come along, you will not regret it. Um, there we go. Uh, we will be back in a very short time to uh, preview the West Ham game.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium
3: Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, how to get 30, 30, better get 20, 20, 20, better get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So
2: give it a try at slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows.
3: Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,
1: Fans' real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast.
0: Proper Chelsea. Football
1: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and it is the Friday night uh, preview show, of course, uh, which we love doing. Um, and it is now time for us to do that. But before all of that, I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, I have with me the um, erudite Jonathan Kidd.
0: Oh, lovely word to use. Thank you.
1: Indeed, indeed. And I've also got the absolutely lovely Dan Silver, one of our longest serving Fancasters, and of course, a mainstay of the Supporters Trust. Good to see you too, Dan.
3: Good evening. Good to be here.
1: Now, um, as we know, uh, we always start this part of the preview of the weekend match with Chiji's team selection. And I can inform you people out there, some of whom I, I suspect probably mock my selections week by week. I can understand that. But I would like you to all know that I had a chat with the legend that is Kerry Dixon, not half an hour before we went on air tonight. And he says, I oh, had I'd, I'd no idea who to pick. I said, ah, oh, well, Kerry, I can help you out there. Because <laughs> I've done, I've done my team selection. Would you like to hear it? He said, "Yeah." And he, before I could start, he said, "Oh, I would definitely pick Chilwell and Jones." I said, "Well, funny you should say that. They're definitely in my team." Uh, he said, "Well, I'd pick Baddish, Yiel and uh, Silver. Obviously, Kepner and I said, "Yep, they're in my team, Kerry." And he said, "And then I really have no idea." I said, "Well, I can help you out with that, Kerry, because um, uh, I've picked Fernández." Um, but I shall tell you properly now what I said. Basically, what I've gone for is three or or basically four, three, two, one. And I have gone for Fernandez, effectively as our as our holding midfielder, defensive midfielder. I've gone as Mount with Mount and Gallagher effectively as the number eights. Uh, I've gone with two behind the striker. And I know we don't have a striker, so don't don't at me. But I've gone for Mudrick and Felix behind Havertz. Now the reason you're thinking why have you picked Havertz when you spent the whole of the show on Monday coating him off. I'll tell you why. We don't have a striker and what we did say on the show on Monday was Havertz plays better when he's got somebody to play with and I effectively think that Felix is that man. I don't think you can not start Mudrick because he'll scare the shit out of anybody if he's on his game and I want those two to play quite narrow. I don't want them to play wide because I think we're going to get our width from Chilwell and James bombing up and down and Fernandes could probably hold on his own but actually I think if you have Mount and Gallagher with him who I think are two natural number eights and they can bomb Back and help out if need be because they're both prepared to do that and they've got the legs to do it but they can also get forward and support mudrick and felix and have it so that's what i said to kerry he said chidge that's brilliant mate i see what you're trying to do there i like that so there you go this has the royal seal of approval from kerry dixon and i'm happy with it and i commend it to the house
0: what does he think of the players chidge what does he think of them all did he give you a an inkling of what he felt who made the effort and who didn't? Who what, what he felt of um, what did he, what does he think of Mount, for example?
1: Oh, he, he absolutely loves Mount. He absolutely loves him. Always has done from the word go, um, and recognises that he's in poor form, in confidence, and and you know as you said earlier on, he happened to Kerry, he happened to everybody, you know. But he loves him. He likes the look of Fernandez. Uh, He likes the look of the defence; that it's a bit more solid. Um, He hasn't seen enough of Mud. I mean, Kerry's quite cautious, you know. With these new players, he will go, well, you know, let's see how many, you know, let's see after a few games, shall we, you know? So he he tends to reserve his judgment on the new players, but uh, um, you know, and and I think he appreciates. I think he feels for Havertz actually. Maybe this is the old number nine coming out. You know, he knows what a difficult job it is, and he knows that Havertz is not a number nine, and I think he recognises that he is doing one for the team. But he also, like me, said he thought that Felix and Havertz linked quite well when they played against Fulham. And, of course, as we all know, we've spoken to him enough times about it, he was having trouble, kind of, trying to get the partnerships right. And it took a while for him and Speedy and Pat Nevin to gel. It took a lot of conversation. So he's always quick to remind you of that. But uh, he's always he's always positive. He's very, he very rarely will go, they're absolutely shit and they need to not be here. He's, he's usually <laughs> quite, he, you know, he's more positive than we are. Dan!
3: I think slight change. I don't think he'll give Chilwell from the start. I don't think he's. No, I good. agree. I agree. I think I think he'll be Kepa, Reese, Thiago, Balishio, Cucurella. Cuckoo. Unfortunately, that the two, Connor and Enzo, hot in the two, and then the three will be Mudrick, Havertz, Felix, and I think he'll either go for Fana or Bama Young. I think he'll take man out the firing line.
1: Well, I mean. I I've been saying as Jonathan will attest, you know, yeah. Havertz and Havertz because he, he he looks shot and Mount really the same. And I, I would have no complaint, Dan, if, if he took Havertz and Mount out. But I was just trying to think of a team that could I mean, you know, really, my job was to try and include both Mudrick and Felix. I don't yeah, think I, yeah, I don't I don't think Felix can play as a number nine personally. I know Felix can play with Havertz. It looks like it. So I thought, OK, so those three have got to start. So how do I, how do, I do it other, you know, any other way? And of course, then you run out of midfielders. So you, that's kind of really why I ended up putting Mount and Gallagher in there. But mate, I, I would have no complaints if he didn't start Mount or Havertz. Yeah,
3: well, I think he'll start Havertz in the 10. I think he'll either have Fofano or Bamiyang as a striker. I,
1: think.
3: I, I don't have...
0: think he will. I, I think actually he'll, he'll keep with Havertz and Felix just because, as you said, they actually started off the fulham game very well in fact i thought he went up a, a notch Havertz, because he had somebody to to play with of his own he felt was obviously of the same standard as him because you know, they were he became a bit more silky german than we've seen um my fear of chilwell not playing is the Cucurella mudrick i know mudrick was supposed to have rubbery legs because he was ill but they 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 didn't he, he didn't provide anything Cucurella for mudrick at all so um i I would hope he plays Chilwell from the beginning, but I agree it might be that he's still not quite fit yet. The trouble was was that Mount and Mudrick kept getting in the way um, in the Palace uh, in the Palace game. So um, not the Palace game, the 0-0. was it? The nil the Liverpool game. Um, no, so... it
1: was it was the Fulham game. Oh, yeah, sure. sorry, the Fulham
0: game. Sorry, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not I'm not sure what will be happening there. Well, that um...
1: surely J K. That that is down to Potter. Potter has to say. <laughs> Indeed, don't indeed. and also we don't know if it had something to do with the fact that Mudric was completely off his game because he wasn't yeah, well. Okay.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But they'll have been they'll trying to be playing that because um uh was the, the 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 glimpse we got of Mudric in the Liverpool away game was um was that he was uh, a, a, a star act um yes let's hope that we're seeing that in training um but yeah uh, uh Fernandez obviously sits in the middle there um. But well, as we were debating, you don't know ultimately whether that's going to be his position.
1: Well, I don't think it will be. But who, who's available?
0: Um, and indeed, the, well, the other thing about this is who is available to who. Who are the five subs going to be? For example, this is because I think more and more this becomes more and more important: the the fact that there are five
1: other players to come on. But there are very so, few midfielders who can play that role because Zachary is injured, Kovacic yeah. is injured, Jorginho has yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. So he'll. Pante injured. So and he he did well
0: and, until. I think was pointed out that um uh fulham actually put somebody on him put two players on him to stop him they were very clever he's a canny manager that silver actually mm. um because they stopped us from playing i suppose in the end they were and they were happy with the nil-nil draw as their fans uh informed us most of the way through the game but um uh yeah james needs to needs to uh become, well whether he will take him off at 60 again i don't know but he was a bit tentative which was fair enough because he's worried about his his injury that was the first game back obviously um Chirwell looked pretty good for the 10 minutes he was on Badia Sheel is um developing a very nice partnership with Silva but you know I suspect he'll bring Koulibaly on at some stage just because they're going to be playing together in Dortmund um or alternatively um uh you wonder whether Koulibaly might start considering that uh they're playing in Dortmund though he said today in the presser he doesn't he's not in thinking about Dortmund at all yet it's about West Ham one game at a time he said so he'll pick a side to deal with them obviously um who is the alternative I mean Loftus-Cheek is is available I did um, think about that yeah you just yeah. think would he does he see something in him that we're not I mean I'm afraid to say I would I would hope that he he uh his only involvement now is as a sub because I the the days of attempting to to play him uh, in other positions i mean somebody actually came up with um the possibility of sterling playing wing back before they knew he was injured on the left oh, instead of never I, again
1: never know, again
0: never again i know but you know um um i mean to extent that some of the players who are injured pulisic and sterling and uh uh you you're sort of slightly pleased that they don't have to make this decision about them and um zayek i'm afraid was so awful that i really hope that we don't and I don't know what happens anymore with him. I really don't know what where his head is. You know, he, he was one of the better players in the World Cup and he comes back and plays quite well for us, comes on and plays when he hasn't gone to PSG and is hopeless. So huh, what do you do? Um but yeah.
3: Dan? I say maybe Lewis Hall will come into midfield if off the base. Yeah, good point, good point.
0: I don't think he's as good in midfield though, Dan, as he plays as he was playing football. Although
1: back. he's a midfielder. I know. I, I, I know.
3: Weird. I just should have that nobody gets injured. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, or you have to maybe drop them out back into a deeper role, maybe, needs needs be. Mm. If, if Fernandes are gonna get, get injured. But you say Rubens the obvious the obvious choice, then you've got you know the France free could be on matter. non a Madawiki come on. Um I think he'll he'll definitely um, get on. He'll definitely get on. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. anyway. Um West Ham, uh annoyingly, um they they've they've been in shocking form. Uh I mean, they really have. They were in the relegation places, but they've uh, they've picked up annoyingly recently. I, I actually watched uh, their match against Newcastle last week because I was clearly very bored or tired or whatever. So I just thought, like, all I can, all I'm capable of is watching football on the TV. So I watched it, and they were pretty good actually up there. And as we know, Newcastle are no mugs at the moment. They've actually now only lost one of their last six games in all competitions, winning three and drawing two. So they're kind of improving a bit, uh, which is very annoying. Uh, Although um, they've ended a run of four successive defeats by beating fellow strugglers Everton at home. They've been in pretty poor home form. Moyes, of course. uh, The one hope we have, I think, when we play West Ham is David Moyes because he suffered more defeats against Chelsea than any other team apart from Arsenal, a staggering 26 losses In 45 fixtures, he's won seven seven and drawn 12 uh, or something like that. Anyway, it's it's quite frightening. Um, But yeah, I mean, West Ham are... are are I mean, we had a very interesting discussion uh, the other day, Dan, uh, prompted mainly by um, somebody called Sabrina on Twitter, believe it or not, um, who pointed out it's very interesting to see the teams that are struggling this year Uh, compared to the teams that are are absolutely rocketing along. And the two obvious teams that are struggling, well, there are three actually, I think, but certainly two, Liverpool and us, and arguably City a bit, whereas Newcastle and uh, Spurs to a degree and Arsenal are rocketing along. And then you compare the number of games that Liverpool, Chelsea and City played last year to the number of games that Arsenal, Spurs, Newcastle played. And suddenly, like a light bulb, it switches on. Now, here's the interesting thing. I think you can include West Ham in the bracket of Liverpool, City, and Chelsea because and they of the, the Euro, Europa stuff.
3: Yeah, they got but, the semi-finals. They only played one game less than Liverpool. I think. Yeah, and yeah. Liverpool played Liverpool played every single possible game they could have played last season. And we played probably four less than we could have yeah. could have played. So yeah, of course it affects you. Then you had the World Cup. Yeah, as well in, in the winter. And it's not surprising. Whereas Arsenal out of the both competitions early, didn't go particularly deep into Europe, and that's why they're. Yeah. Along. But West Ham,
1: West Ham were 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 looking a really decent side last year and this year they're in the bloody relegation zone nearest damn it. So yeah. it, it's got to be attributable to something and I wouldn't be surprised if it is that they are as knackered as we are in Liverpool are.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I they, they spent a lot of money in the summer. Mm-hmm. They bought some really decent players and they're, they're, they're struggling.
1: Haven't gelled they, yet,
3: I suppose. Yeah, but West Ham and we like that get that Mendy era the last last year we lost
1: 3-2. Yeah, well, we, we we were uh, unlucky. Goal. Yeah.
0: ridiculous goal yeah. from the fullback.
3: Yeah, from it um,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. went it was clearly a cross that just somehow, um, yeah. Mendy, poor
3: old chap was uh, well. well it that's, almost, that's the start of his downturn of form after that game, wasn't it? Because he was playing at that point. Was. Yeah, it was. I, just, it I don't is. know West Ham. We just always fear we're going to they're going to get a shonky goal and hold on for the, the win, like no. they did. Like when Nautovic scored a couple of years back, he got the chunky goal and then he held on for like 80 minutes to win one nil. Very I mean, like Ham, everything to
1: do. I mean our, our form against West Ham is not, not spectacular. Um, it's not disastrous, but it's not spectacular. I mean, recent recent history, it's pretty good, really. I mean, that that defeat last season in the 3-2 is the only defeat out of five. We won all the others in the last couple of seasons. Um, going back further, I mean, we've won 54, drawn 22, and lost 43 of all the games we've played against West Ham. Um, and in the Premier League, this is where it gets a little bit shonky. We've only had one win away at West Ham since 2015. And the last few matches, are well, we lost 3-2 there. We won 1-0 the season before that, lost 3-2 again in 2020. Drew 0-0, lost 1-0 in 2017. And then we won. Uh, uh, so I got that wrong. It wasn't 2015. So we won 2-1 in 2017. So it's been a bit patchy recently. So, you know, I mean, I think a lot, a lot as Dan was saying, JK, a lot of it comes from the fact that it's West Ham's cup final, you know, and they up their game when they play us.
0: They're really always up for it. They're, yeah. uh, I remember when, when they scored the lucky goal at the end last season, how they went absolutely they berserk. Won
1: the world cup again, hadn't they?
0: Oh, absolutely had completely. Um, the better players antonio apparently has, has been there was a, a theory that he was going to be loaned out actually because he's not been playing very well and he was excellent for them last season that's what i had. and of course they have they have our our great backward passer emerson um playing for them quite regularly and uh, it seems to get picked and he, he never set the the world alight at um at the bridge but um bowen is uh is a very decent player and he always seems to turn it on against us um because uh, the goal he scored last year was was uh, out of the blue, just a kind of snapshot. I remember when it was a it was um it was a, an Alonso mistake, if you remember. I think he gave the ball allowed him to have a shot. Nietzsche's had a a shot from the edge of the area, um, and of course Kurt will be playing. I suspect. Um, uh, uh, what you hope is he doesn't score a goal from a corner. I'm not sure what their corners are like, but uh, well, they're always... good
1: on set pieces. They've got some big units, haven't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Suchek in particular is a very yeah. big, isn't he? Um, um, Declan Rice,
1: very, of course,
0: of course, the, who is who is excellent most of the time, and I hope will end up being being our player. And they've got they've got Ings, um, who's um, who always
3: uh, he's injured. is injured. Oh, is he? In? That's right. Yes. You're joking. He got injured like in the first
1: week or something. So you sure? He came on last week against Newcastle. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I thought i already got out. was out for like four weeks. No, you no, know. he came he came on as a sub last week.
3: Yeah. The other thing a, thing a, on BT is sorry, Jonathan. Our record on BT Sport is awful. I saw got won 20, two the last ten.
1: Well, hang on, Dan. 20, I, 20, I see. 20. I see your our record on BT Sport is terrible. And I raise you, I raise you this: West Ham have won only two of their last nine Saturday twelve thirty p.m. Premier League matches, drawn two, lost five. One of which was a three-two victory against Chelsea in December twenty twenty-one. So, yeah, maybe that's equally a bad level for them. Up. It's a leveller, yeah. Yeah, maybe. JK, you were about to say something, Old Bean.
0: No, oh, I'm just intrigued by your watching the Newcastle game because um, uh, uh, Ernie Howe has um, uh, apparently... you know, Ernie, he, he, Ernie
1: Howe?
0: Not Ernie Howe, I'm so sorry. Eddie, Eddie. Eddie Howe. Oh, Ernie Howe, we used to play for Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going right back there. how Howe used to be our coach. 19, 1975. Ernie Wally? Ernie, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, forgive me. Um, Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West? But it was just interesting to see the way that uh, managers take advice from watching other managers. Because, of course, Howe went and watched uh, um, uh, Simeone, Simeone at uh, Atletico. And, and the, the whole of the second half, I know he did was good at this with Bournemouth, was just shithousery with Newcastle. And um, uh, it, it's something that I... I um, I wonder whether we will ever embrace as a club or whether we ever did. When were we good at doing
1: that? Shithousery. Well, all the time Mourinho, Mourinho was manager Mourinho. for a start. Of
0: course, of course, of course. Fonte
3: as well. Of
0: yep. course. Yes, but it's been lacking in our in our recent... Um, in the recent permutations that we've had. I'm just intrigued as to... Uh, as to whether West Ham would start doing any of that if they were one nil up. I think they will actually.
1: Oh they'll defend.
2: It appears to
0: be it appears to be the norm now in the division in a way that I thought was being expunged by um uh referees in the World well they did it in the World Cup Cup, they just added time on, but we oh, stopped
1: doing that, haven't they? Stop doing that. You know, yeah, yeah. you know what worries me, chaps, and and you know, our, our away form has oh. has been diabolical this season. Let me let me run through this with you. In the Premier League, we've won two, lost five, and drawn three uh we lost our league cup match and our f a cup matches obviously against city uh in our in the champions League, we won two away and only lost one, so that was not so bad but I mean we've lost five six seven, eight matches out of about fifteen played away in all competitions and we last won away on october the twenty fifth in the champions League and in the Premier League on October the 16th against Aston Villa, our away form is shocking. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out why, apart from the fact that we've been quite shit this season. But it makes no sense to me, Dan, because actually, usually, we're better away because teams will park the bus at home.
3: I think we've been shit pretty much all season. Yeah, maybe. It started, it started, it started with Tuchel. I mean, the mean, the Leeds game, we got absolute dicks. You know, it was an embarrassing performance. I'd say the team is just kind of almost... Come to a shuddering jolt with the sanctions because you know we look at our form. Bad form goes back to really till this time last year when the sanctions started to come in. We kind of been, not imploded, but we kind of just when got he, through. Yeah. When he got, to, he
1: got he, to the two cup finals and only got yeah. knocked out by Real Madrid for being stupid at home. Yeah. No, we did.
3: Yeah, exactly. And he logged off yeah. the league. You know, no, our, our league form has been poor for a while. We scraped out the line to get top four. And so we've just been shit all season. We had a, a mismatch of players, a new manager who's not really had hasn't really inspired you at, at this point with his personality or his tactics. We've had a lot of players come in, a lot of players get injured. You know, Reese, Chile, Missy for greater parts of the season. It's been a very disjointed season so far, and that's not surprised. And we haven't really turned up. Newcastle, we were insipid. We lost 1 0. Everton, we got lucky with the penalty. Leeds was embarrassing. So we really haven't.
1: Southampton, we they, they, South they were terrible. Yeah, I was terrible. there.
3: We haven't been unlucky. We just haven't fought. We haven't yeah. shown any bollocks. That's what it's been about. Can't, you can't say, oh, got a lucky goal there, lucky goal here, bad referee decision. We've been shit yeah. away from home and to a lesser extent home all I season. They're, I mean, they're so easily bullied. Don't you think they're easily bullied away? Yeah, they've got no, they've got no balls. no was mistake at Fulham for their second goal. Like, this team has got no heart, no balls, no fight and no desire. There's not one person in there oh, who's going to go. I don't go know in. about that.
1: They're, I think oh. there are one. Connor Gallagher... Heart, heart and desire, fight, definitely.
3: Uh, I know, but like, inspire, inspirational, heart and desire, like your JTs, like your Lampards, like your Balat. There's, there there's not any no. kind of like.
1: There's nobody in this team, apart from possibly Silver, who is fit to lick the boots or tie the bootlaces of Frank Lampard, John Terry, Petaček, Ashley Cole, Didier Drogba. But That's I mean, what
3: this is though
1: well I know but we need to wake up and smell the fucking coffee because you know they may be that may be generational I mean you know that we might never see the like of a team with players of that quality and class and stature oh, in I, it I get, I get that I get that
3: but you can get to a certain level of shithousery. Right? look at Arsenal Zinchenko and all their players he's little yeah, Twenty-five
1: yeah. training 20 kids. He's got shit houseer. He's got balls. But this comes from the manager, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. this is the interesting point. You just you just made a a brilliant point about Ernie Howe, J.K. That he, he's learned this from Simeone, the master shithouser of all managers. Uh, we mentioned who did we have? Mourinho, Conte were right at it all the time. Um, Arteta's a nasty piece of work, so he gets some shit housing. It comes from the manager. We've got a really lovely, nice manager, who probably doesn't really do the dark arts.
3: He's got lots of degrees in being nice and understanding. Yeah, people. so maybe
1: that maybe there's a reason for it. But I also think that we we've had a we've had. I mean, you know, we can't stick this all on Potter. I think we've had a soft underbelly for quite a while, and we've we've oh, no. quite often criticised it for no leadership and also for being too nice. There aren't enough people prepared to kick somebody in that team, and that's been going on for yeah. a long time.
3: I'm not blaming Potter entirely. I just think this team is very weak. Mentally, in terms of if if you go one nil down, you don't feel they've got it in them to, to yeah. come back. You know, you know, look at Madrid away, you had like Rudiger. Rudiger's a shithousery. You know, we went three it up in in um bow, and we're only, you know, a, a defective guy away from going through. Yeah, I, know. I actually, you know. At least had a bit about it with Rudiger at the back. And, you know, you saw him getting full on with um who's that little shit he's played for Liverpool, uh, Suarez, when he, you know, gave full on in his face a couple of years back. We haven't, we haven't got that kind of just I was going to get in somebody's face and rub, rub, you know, give us a bit of a kick up the arse. Yeah. We get one down, I don't ever feel we're going to come back into the game anymore. You used might.
1: to think, get one down, we at least yeah, chance to no, I, I, I agree, mate. Listen, there, there is some relatively positive stuff. Um, you know, whilst I'm very cross, uh, well, in fact, it's, this is the question, isn't it, really? I mean, the positives are that, you know, he's, he's put together a few clean sheets recently, which clearly is very important. And I mentioned it on Monday. I wonder if, He's going back to basics and building from the back. But the thing is, JK, who is going to score goals for Chelsea? Because we st- seem to be incapable of doing that at the moment. And actually, to be fair, have done for some while. But it seems particularly bad at the moment.
0: Well, if if the precocious talent that we've bought or is on loan actually start going about their business, i.e. Felix and Mudrick, um, I'm quite um, positive, to use a word that... Uh, Potter uses all the time. Um <coughs> I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm looking at each game, hoping against hope, that uh we'll come up with something. I'm um, that I'm look I'm looking at um and in this instance looking at Felix, the introduction of Felix, and once again uh citing the example of the Fulham game, when they played a lot better. And even Mount came into the came into the scenario a lot better, playing those triangles that he plays well, because they had somebody inspirational playing for them. so I'm I'm intrigued to see how it will evolve. And if Mudrik is back to the, the the form that we saw at Liverpool, um, I mean he's just got to make them he's got to let him play hasn't he Mudrik? He's got to put him in. He's got to allow him to do what he did in the Liverpool game, which is to um, use the fact that he can run 100 meters in 10 seconds and uh, and skin whoever's there opposite him and somebody's got to keep up with him. Um, and that needs to looks like it'll be Felix, who's a very quick, skillful guy. So um, I'm. But I suppose the advantage of having these new young players coming in, these really expensive players, is each game you hope that they're going to be somehow getting it together. Um, and the same with Fernandez, who had a very good debut, um, but was was slightly suppressed in the second half because he was stifled by by Fulham midfield. But it meant that they were taking players out and they hardly had any shots at all themselves. So, yeah, the answer is, Chidge, I think, I think that Havertz will score because I think Havertz will be raised by playing, playing with Felix. So uh, I'm, I'm whether, whether or not it means that it's, you know, we come away with a win is something else, but I'm, I actually feel there's more hope in with this lineup than there has been all season that we will come away with a if win. If
1: they right? pick my side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Listen, I mean, you know, as I said, I, I actually do think you can draw some some positives from the fact that we we are looking more solid at the back. You know, it's an old fashioned rule. If you don't concede, you're still always in a ch- with a, in with a chance to win. So, um, there is something to be said from that. I mean, talking of wins, one win in seven outings in all competitions, not brilliant. Thirty points from our twenty one Premier League fixtures is the joint second lowest at this stage of any season this century. So since two thousand. And Potter's 41% win record is the lowest of any permanent manager uh, since Glen, Permanent Chelsea manager since Glenn Hoddle. And flash score, I have an issue with you terrible people whom I rely on religiously every week to do this show and also to cover all the football games so I know how appallingly I'm doing in in the Prem Predictions League. They then went on to say... I shall read you the whole sentence that they wrote. Uh, Potter is under plenty of pressure, well this we know, especially as his 41% win record is the lowest of any permanent Chelsea boss since Glenn Hoddle, comma, who was sacked back in 1996. He was not fucking sacked. He we went to go and be up the up England football. manager. What fucking planet are these kids on? We Disgraceful.
3: Ears, up
1: arse, Disgraceful slur. How dare they? How very, very fucking dare they. Terrible. Alright, so you got all the stats, uh, which uh, I know how excited you are when I start reeling off stats. Um, I mean, look, here's the thing, Dan. You know, again, we need to fucking win a football match. Again, we seem to be very, very bad at doing it this season. But if we do win the football match, as in beating West Ham on uh, on Saturday lunchtime, you know, we, we I, I still think we're not out of the possibility. Given the people who are coming back, given the players that we've bought, of getting back in the mix. I mean, we're on thirty points. Tottenham are in fit. Well, Newcastle are fourth on 40. There's plenty yeah. of games left. We're not out of Europe yet, you know. Definitely not. Definitely
3: not. We, we get, if we can string four or five wins together, which is definitely possible, they're right back in it. And we've yeah. got... Listen, it'll be great if he could get us fourth.
1: Be ama- it'd be amazing, wouldn't it?
3: Amazing. Yeah, it'd be great. Great achievement. If we win four or five games, who's to say Newcastle might not just kind of feel a bit of pressure in a couple of games' time? You know, they, they drop points against West Ham, expect them to win. Spurs are Spursy. You never know. I I'd, I'd, I'd imagine we will probably end up fifth or sixth. I think. I think we're we'll up in Europe. I think we're up fifth. I think Brentford and Brighton will probably possibly fall by the wayside. I think. Well, I think
1: we'll up- if I if I look at the league table, Arsenal are looking. I am afraid to say it, rather good and also a bit lucky. City, I don't think are very. You know, I, I think you know, they're suffering from fatigue like, like, like we in Liverpool are, but yeah. they're good enough and have enough of a squad, quality squad to stay where they are. I think, I think, you know, it's Arsenal's to lose. United are coming right back into it. I think Ten Hag is a good manager and they've got some good yeah. players and they've got players coming into form. Rashford's in tremendous form at the moment. So I think that's your top three, possibly that order. Newcastle are a doubt. We don't know how much their bums will squeak towards the end of the season and Howe's yeah. never been there. And they're also involved in the Cups, which won't help. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of them, Spurs, Brighton, Brentford, Fulham, are capable of beating anybody on their day and losing to anybody on their day. So yeah. I think, you know, we, as you said, Dan, if we put a string of results together, performances and results together, there's no reason why we can't get fifth. I will be astonished if we make fourth, given what I've said. But hey, why not fifth?
3: And this is Chelsea. That's what we do. And, winning, and we've got,
1: winning the Champions League, obviously. Yeah. We've got,
3: Spurs, we've got to play Brentford again. I think we've got to play Bryson again. So that's potentially nine points. Six
1: pointers. Back.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, we could do it. Listen, we get fully fit squad. We get Zakaria back. We get a proper squad with depth. We can actually make like for like changes. Mudrick and Felix start, you know, lighting up the stage. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? A couple of shaky wins, confidence back, and then suddenly, here we are with Chelsea. We come yeah, fourth, yeah. which would be great, a great achievement, albeit an Arsenal-like achievement, because fourth, fourth would be just like...
1: But from where we've been this season. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. JK.
0: Put a pin in the balloon of optimism.
1: Oh, dear. I was it's... feeling really good, JK. Yeah, but I felt I had to bring
0: it down to a kind of level.
1: You're just a, level... a bloody contrarian, you are. Hey. No, I... If if Dan and I had been all negative, you'd have said, no, 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 we're going to win everything.
0: Yeah, probably true, but um, (laughs) uh, in this instance, uh, uh, the number of times I've gone into games this season thinking this will be better, and it's been worse, or nothing has happened, and it's it's down to a plan. It's down to seeing players in the strengths that they have, or a, a structure in the side which I've yet to see. So, um, once again, I'm hoping tomorrow that we see something like that.
1: It's the definition of insanity, isn't it? We keep going every week, expecting a different result. But actually, the same thing happens. I mean, I, I, I was really, really pissed off leaving Stamford Bridge last Friday. OK, I think it also had something to do with the fact that I didn't get a beer beforehand. But I was pissed off. And I was pissed off because, of course, I was so excited to go back. We bought these players. I was thinking, OK, this is the day. we we start We start from here forget what's happened we get a really good win off we go and it was just like so deflating so this weekend i'm saying nope this is the day we get, it's all you know got felix back it's all going to happen this is going you know Fernandez is playing it's, you know so i've got absolutely no bloody idea what's going to happen do you know what i'm going to predict actually i'm going to turn the tables for once and uh, go first my heart says 2-1 my head says 1-1 one, one.
3: yeah hey, i heart says we're
1: gonna lose
3: 1-0 your heart no, says that shouldn't.
1: bloody hell dan you no, need no, a heart transplant. No,
3: yeah no my head says 1-0 defeat shitty goal but my heart just says we're gonna win 2-0 and have and so Madrid will score mm.
1: i mean i really think that we could we could equally if it does all gel and click tomorrow these players are good enough you know we could hammer them i mean they're not that good at the moment they're in shocking form they're in a disarray moise is like hanging on by his fingernails at the moment in that job you know we could we could do him 3-0 3-4-0 who knows but that's
0: what my heart says yeah 4-0 my heart says head says good players 1-1
1: yeah you're going with me 1-1 yeah 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 i'm going for that in the predictiones as well actually which means it won't happen because everything i predict for chelsea at the moment never comes to pass those fuckers cost me nine points last week damn them Mind you, I got a spot. This will make you laugh in the Prem Predictions League. I, I, I thought I was having such a shocking week that I stopped looking and I completely ignored the Man United Leeds game. And when I heard the result, I just presumed that I'd predicted something else, only to find that I had actually gone and predicted a two all draw and got a spot on 60 points. Woohoo! <clears Sometimes
0: <clears <throat> Which, one d- does those things and you don't know you've done them. I know.
1: I am now above a certain Dan Silver in the Prem Predictions League. I am now twenty third, Dan. You're on mute, mate. Don't at me.
3: I had I had a really bad week last week. I think I got nothing
1: right. Well, I'm above you, mate. So yeah. you must have yeah. had an absolute stinker. Yeah. Well, there you I'm go. Coming for you. Coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm back on. I'm back. I'm the highest I've been all season. I think. So there you go. Anything's possible. If I can do it, Chelsea can do it. Um, Right, you lovely people. Uh, That, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for tonight. Um, We will, of course, be back on Monday uh, when we will be talking about uh, the match against West Ham. Obviously, we'll also be looking ahead to the Champions League match against Dortmund. I'm hoping to get my chum, uh, who is the chairman of the Borussia Dortmund London Supporters Club, on the show, either live on Monday or do an interview with him sometime beforehand so he can tell us all about Dortmund. He's a lovely chap. Uh, and uh, I still haven't figured, I think Dane I've got Dane penciled for uh, Monday night show with me and JK although I haven't actually had the decency to tell him that yet so I better hurry up and do so so there we go uh, Dan always great to see you thanks for filling in the breach. thanks to my scheduling incompetence
3: Matt, pleasure, pleasure and great to be on
1: always lovely to see you mate and hope to see you very soon I suspect uh, at the Southampton game
3: Southampton definitely yeah, yeah. I might even have a beer or two then as well
1: well if I can get the train up there, then I'm definitely yeah. planning to. Um, because it's about time I had a fucking proper beer at the football. Yeah. Okay, uh, we need to we need to think about pubs, you know. I don't know if you heard the show on Monday, but I, I, I stormed yeah. out of the cock because it was six deep at the yeah. bottom, and I'm, I'm not having it, mate. Yeah. I'm not we'll having
3: talk, it. Yeah, we'll talk offline if we can find somewhere else. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Dan, great to see you, mate. Look forward to seeing you at the Southampton. um Definitely likewise. And Jonathan, Jonathan yeah. Kidd, dear boy. Yeah. Three times this week I've seen you of an evening. People will start to talk.
0: Well, let them. Let, let them. them. I don't care.
1: And me neither. I have no shame. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, it's been brilliant seeing you for three, three goes this week. Um, I really did have a lot of fun doing the show last night. I, I hope that came across to the peeps. Equally fun tonight. Uh, enjoy. Uh, you are not going You are going to the game, aren't you? Because you've got my ticket, effectively.
0: What the uh, West Ham? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I was hoping to take um my daughter, but um there was a a flat like, cock up with the ticket, so I didn't uh, I didn't get a spare.
1: Oh right, so the spare that was for me that I gave to you that was for Georgia did not come was not forthcoming.
0: It came via Alex, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't arrive. No. Oh
1: no, have you not have you not got in touch with her?
0: Yes, she, she 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 couldn't find it.
1: She lost the ticket. God, I'd have been really fucked off if I had decided I couldn't go. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well on that bombshell, I think I'm gonna leave you all to stew. Uh look, enjoy yourself either way. I mean you'll be watching on the TV with me. or oh, you you are going, aren't you? I'm
0: going, I've got my own ticket. I was just yeah, gonna yeah. take yeah, Georgia. Yeah. All
1: right. Well look, enjoy it, mate, and give the am the as a right, you know I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a
0: springy misstep yeah. on the way out of Stratford to the to the London Stadium, but yeah. who knows what it'd be like coming out.
1: Don't let those muggy lemons see you off, mate. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not all right, mate. Lovely to see you. Lovely to uh, see all the people in Mixler as always. Thank you for listening. See you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it Chelsea. I the Chelsea! Yeah. Yeah.